0: Hill explains, where I invite you to join the science teaching conversation with me about love and cruelty. This is a request podcast that someone's asked me to uh, podcast on this area, and th- uh, I and they have experienced, uh, in various degrees, certain uh, certain situations of love. And certain situations of cruelty, and uh, there's some sort of um, things you can tell from uh, studying and from life and from research about the two the two sorts of states. Lots of animal studies, psychological studies, which go into it, and uh, sort of cut across the general uh, sort of things we have of being rational. Where everything's absolutely strict and fair and there's a there's some sort of justice system coming in so in love there's no justice and cruelty there's no justice now just giving a little bit of a a background to it uh, I'm actually trying to go on a walk um, so I'm doing a podcast while walking and the idea is that uh, the combination of uh, speaking and some sort of physical activity leads to a greater level of uh, cognitive development that's what the basic things I'm doing these podcasts for this is to s- slowly and gradually uh, improve the level of speaking and diction and coherence of thought uh, given that I'm sort of not in a classroom situation I'm not able to rehabilitate uh, actively I've got to actually sort of create an artificial environment where I speak and uh, it's a bit hard to speak to a mirror or something like that you would get mad the idea that of it actually being recorded and disseminated and some people can listen to it occasionally some things are bad uh, it also means that you read do a lot of extensive reading and there's sort of a, a podcast level reading where you read through it line by line speak it line by line do comments line by line and it's slowly getting a deeper knowledge and you get sort of a uh, view there that uh, you spend say an hour or two hours studying something you get a a level of knowledge of it and uh, someone else comes in uh, they haven't done it and they can simply say oh well whatever they really don't know what you've studied and uh, the depth of it they'll just say well that's no good and walk off and you say so, oh well, yes that is pretty profound and so this sort of thing happens of course with love and cruelty people actually think so that gives you the the background one of the things I should say uh, I'm doing is unfortunately my um, directional microphone has uh, gone kaput I haven't quite worked out what's wrong with it I have to uh, do it and uh, the beauty for directional microphone it's insensitive to wind and also traffic noise, so I've selected a bushwalk or a walk this time, which I hope will be low on traffic noise. Uh, and it's so that's the various aspects of the topic, uh, love and cruelty, the sort of uh, the actual speaker's perspective, rehab, the actual technical perspective, a uh, a large directional microphone which will pick up all the the bird calls or the night calls hear some night sounds in the Australian bush it's generally quiet there's a lot of uh, during the day a lot of insect stuff Uh, hasn't been too much rain so there's not lots of frogs going about the place. So uh, what I want to possibly do is start off with cruelty and uh, in general for cruelty I think we are to have to have to start off with saying that there are two people the person who's been cruel and the person uh, who's been the subject of cruelty and the general aspect of it is that in that case uh, one person doesn't feel too happy the person if the person has been effectively cruel the person they've been cruel to is not happy Uh, and uh, we'll just sort of go into you know why you'd want to do that later on but uh, the first uh, aspect is that a lot of animals um, when they're creating social hierarchy uh, you would say well it operates on that and now the classical thing would be the chicken pecking order and so uh, in essence um, you have say ten chickens and you observe them Uh, one chicken will peck every other chicken uh, and uh, goes down halfway through Uh, chicken four and five get pecked and peck about the same amount and uh, uh, going all the way down there's one chicken usually latest chicken to go into the pecking order goes in and it gets the maximum amount of pecking now a pecking uh, and similar to cruelty is uh, a uh, something which uh, creates perhaps a reward mechanism in the person pecker and a adverse uh, reward system in the uh, person being pecked so Pecking, you get your behavior by um, adverse um, uh, association. So you see your greater chicken and uh, you know to bow down, you don't sort of expose yourself for more pecking. So the aspect of effective cruelty is that um, people try to minimize. Uh, the cruelty or the amount of pecking by their behaviour so it's a behavioural modification um, aspect, uh, aspect for it. So you've got your chicken it's uh, been very negative and stuff like that and that uh, uh, means you get a, a pecking order. Now if you look at it, if you didn't have a pecking order everybody would be just pecking away they would not learn to avoid being pecked so because they learn to avoid being pecked although there is some pecking the amount of pecking is not so much than if the chickens had dementia and just pecked everybody it would be just they wouldn't get anything done so you can imagine that a certain amount of systemic cruelty say in the workplace or the family or society uh, gets a pecking order and people learn not to be pecked Um, and uh, it really relies on people understanding that they're not to be pecked now obviously if you're intelligent and uh, you start keeping on coming up with innovative behaviour you're going to get pecked a lot more and uh, uh, the actual idea here I suppose is um, that people dishing out the pecking, you don't have to be all that bright peck. So a, a, a pecking or cruelty system doesn't operate on a huge amount of intelligence and uh, in fact uh, you could say it would disrespect the dog you can hear going back. It would disrespect um, intelligence because uh, you know you're asking for being pecked in that uh, a pecking order is is a form of conscious social consciousness and um, uh, people who don't understand it aren't as intelligent. Uh, if you define intelligence and social order as pecking, as cruelty, people who don't practice it are weak um, and uh, stuff like that. So I, I should say that uh, some of the most—I—I I, I really haven't encountered a genuinely intelligent person. And so look, I say look. More. What can I say that the... Well, I'm trying to think who I would say... Oh, my father, I would say, is quite intelligent. Didn't, didn't do any bullying. I'm um, just trying to think who else. Uh, uh, oh, Hertzberg, a Nobel Prize winner. Beautiful um, Canadian. Uh, old, by the time I met him. Um... Nobel Prize winner very intelligent very 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 gentle I don't think he was fully up on quantum mechanics though but um, but he was up on a whole heap of other things Canadian Nobel Prize winner very one of the most gentle people I know so in in general uh, uh, and possibly Professor Ian Ross at ANU again not not into quantum mechanics but very sort of emotionally intelligent, a very intelligent person and the the general idea uh, with that is that uh, 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 these people tended not to be um, cruel. However, some people who had the operation of being cruel were some of the dumbest people I've met so uh, it just seems to be a correlation if I had to put cruelty and stupidity together I put it together and uh, you have to be stupid to think uh, that a sophisticated society with communications, intelligence, long lifespan, that uh, cruelty is, is the way to go. And so uh, and that, of course, would be instant uh, invitation for people to max up the cruelty to ensure it works. So this is sort of like a bad drug which doesn't quite work. You sort of, you get addicted to it. Um, yeah, so we'll just uh, look at... Uh, what cruelty is, uh, and it uh, is something which tends to uh, be a uh, exclusion process. Now, I'm going to say this with in contrast to this later on to love, but uh, essentially it's uh, uh, the idea, and, and it is effective because um, one you can have one person being cruel to one. Uh, prisoner, you've got 10 prisoners, there. cruel to one prisoner and the other 10 prisoners can learn by empathy of the cruelness, they can feel the cruelness uh, to other people. So you need empathy, for cruelty to work, you need the people you've been cruel to to be empathetic, that's great. And um, one person can be cruel for a very short amount of time. Let's say a prison guard can come in, beat the stuffing out of a prisoner, You know, for five minutes in the night, and that will keep a hundred prisoners quiet for um, you know the whole night. So that's in terms of an effective behavioural control mechanism, it's there. Now, it's not. um, uh, If I can say it's it's flawed in a certain certain way on a a number of things. One is that uh, people aren't chickens, so. They start off doing other things. They can text and communicate each other. They can unlike chickens, they can uh, research uh, the internet. They become resilient and they have uh, sort of a long long lifetime. Now You do have a problem there is that once you invest in cruelty, uh, the problem is uh, and it 's something that you can really easily teach people around you in terms of if you 've got a slightly dumb person and they've come into a situation they can't work out how the business works but they realise that if they're cruel to people they can take over and so it, uh, it's just they're waiting in the wings for when the uh, the cruel boss goes on holidays they give him a retirement early, a big package promote him, do whatever the cruel people do there's another cruel person who's just been an understudy uh, to go ahead and I just want to Uh, ...go into the biological aspect of this cruelty understudy aspect. The idea that uh, you evolve cruel behaviour... ...and that cruel behaviour exists in a system... ...and draws people in it to replicate it, keep it it going. So you can get intergenerational cruelty. Now, you could say intergenerational cruelty... ...it would be possibly the upper class of the royal family in terms of uh, now one of the things is that uh, uh people who are at the bottom experience only cruelty people at the top because cruelty is so efficient uh they can uh, uh what they can do is I hope this is not scratching about the place uh what they can do is they can make up there's this I think uh, uh what is this sweet fly for a white guy, something like that. And they say, oh, he's got all all great attributes and any attributes he doesn't make, he doesn't have, he makes up in denial. And that that's, tends to be a little bit, that you know, you, t- you get your typical cruel person and uh, you point out a deficiency, if they can fix that. They just deny it. You know, bingo, and there's no training required. It's very efficient and uh uh they 're there, prompt prime to be ready to be cruel, so there 's very very little point actually being logical um, logical with these people uh, now, what I want to say is this idea of the cruelty understudy process and I want to go back to the t rexes Now there 's sort of a curious t rexes that that the iconic uh dinosaur with you know two legs walking around like a little person and the scary sort of big head it's got like scariness written all over it probably had feathers probably colored and probably awful um and its main thing was uh it just had really bad dental hygiene which you know one bite and you'd be gone and uh, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, other dinosaurs have little T. Rex marks into them and that create uh, such a horrible uh, wound in a dinosaur that they they would go into shock. That was the the general thing, and the, perhaps they packed, they uh, um, hunted in packs, and you would expect because they lasted from um, they were in the Jurassic era. They were sort of like not that big, sort of small people and then after Jurassic you had the Cretaceous I think that's it, the cre- Cretaceous and the Cretaceous they were the big ones in the Cretaceous, however uh, unlike other dinosaurs they're only restricted to America um, this is one of the strange things, they're only restricted to America, the large ones and uh, there is a bit of a mystery in that uh, there was a pool of related species and uh, not the same species related species that is very similar body type and uh, what happened is that the fossil record shows that uh, a feature that uh, wasn't a T-Rex would suddenly and was in a, in a understudy species would suddenly appear in the T-Rex and then disappear and then reappear and then uh, uh, there's all this completely sent sent the people doing the uh, evolutionary tree of this, this is proof to a creator if there ever was one but what was happening is that the T-Rex was such an effective hunter That the only way that you could actually hunt in this area is be a similar T-Rex so uh, so when the actual T-Rex began to uh, be less effective another animal would evolve into the T-Rex zone so so this is one of the things I want to say about cruelty is that if you've got a cruel bastard manager you've got an understudy And uh, the understudy will evolve into the network space uh, to there. And so people higher up will know, because they've been promoted up, they will know that there's always this understudy of these uh, uh, cruel people going forward. Now, one of the problems is that um, uh, one of the things that's not so a good point about cruelty, this is interesting... She was, sorry, just walking along here I saw this weird, weird glowing light. Occasionally you see it in, in the Australian bush. There's occasionally, there's one time, or well, this one time walking I saw these this really strange glow uh, in the bush. Orange and then green glow. Never saw it only once um, there. Other times um, there was a lichen which was the bioluminescent but only in one or two evenings in this area when I was in military patrol weird as weird can be I don't know whether it was a chemical or something else interacted with it but it wasn't a consistent consistent thing so I was walking through the bush here Uh, so we've got this idea of Cruelty is very effective because you can go in. You don't have to think. If you don't want to be, if you don't want to think, you can't cope. Be cruel, and you get a positive reward. They get a negative reward. They mod- you modify their behaviour. You only have to be cruel once uh, again, And uh, people who are cruel can get uh, can actually really. If someone doesn't respond to them, they're stupid. They don't know how it goes along, and they'll never get along because when you're going going up it's not the most competent person it's the cruelty understudy person which um, uh, which comes along but it's also very ineffective as communication if i've got a strategy that i want something done something sophisticated something intelligent um being cruel to people is not going to be able to be a very effective and you've got a team of uh, people who are really cruel you're not going to be able to do it. You, you just have to ramp up. You have to increase the amount of cruelty. Do um, it, uh, it's like a sheep dog. In terms of that you've got to, if you want to get your herd of sheep in a particular area. I think, and what you do if you've got a sheep dog and uh, it's very effective and you get a whole heap of animals going up. And what do you have? You've got a herd of sheep. You don't have a herd of engineers. So you've got artists, you've actually got a herd sheep and they bleat they want food they've got all these uh, requirements uh, for them so one of the things that uh, um, uh, cruelty does it sort of affects the person who's been cruel so they stop thinking they become addicted to cruelty and they're not that aware that they're not executing a strategy so if if someone says do I want it to you know what is the strategy here they're a threat and they'll be uh, be wiped down so that's my view of cruelty now uh why has the human race evolved cruelty obviously it's not very good if you want to build a um, a great building a pyramid or something like that well al- although people who see the pyramids uh, because only cruel people explain the pyramids, they have this idea of a pyramid as a monument to cruelty. However, the actual archaeological evidence is that it was built by cooperation, um, and there was it wasn't a happy slappy at the time. But there would have been families and people. It was a voluntary system. It was this great community. A lot of these great uh, uh, monuments are not built by huge cruelty. This is the. Uh, Cruelty is beaut film because it it's short sharp and it's designed to be observed it's designed for cinema it's designed for epic cinema you see uh, Conan the Barbarian suffering enormous cruelty it's it's something very engaging Uh, because it's so engaging that's why people people use cruelty however the evidence uh, for uh, for the actual use of long-term cruelty to build pyramids or do very big grand things isn't there. However, if you have a, uh, uh, if you've come up with agriculture and you say look if I put a seed in the ground and uh, it, uh, and water it and put fertilizer on it, it will grow up to be a great bush that I can then eat. So rather than going out and finding the bush, the bush is is here. Now, it's all very well, but uh, to get enough of it, reliable enough, you've got to put in labor. Now, it doesn't come up very long before you think one person being cruel can get the people to do repetitive labor and push across and then although you might have your individual villages, and it's not that very much important to be uh, cruel to them it means that if you are saying I don't have enough workers I'll go over and uh, make another tribe who doesn't want to do it do it you can do it and be cruel and you create a slave class and what's actually really happened is that uh, we've created a working class slave class uh, where cruelty is endemic uh, to the way we organise things and uh, essentially the fields, all the things between the Industrial Revolution uh, didn't go there we, uh, as we came to the Industrial Revolution um, our machines were pretty shit uh, and it required so cruelty got agriculture going, cruelty got the Industrial Revolution going, but um over time, we've found that having a hundred workers and hundredth size and three cruel people to run them and a crueler, crueler person on top of that is not effective as a single combine harvester directed by satellite uh, with computers monitoring the speed and cut and quality and moisture and lasers going forward uh, taking that grain uh, straight and a robot taking it out to a robotic factory um, deciding how the uh, bread will be milled analyzing it with an electron microscope all this high technology beginning to go to make the screw person who doesn't know better not as effective and to themselves they can't see they can see one of the great things is a cruel person gets immediate feedback on the effect of cruel instantly you get an effect however looking at the bigger picture you've got uh, this new technology built uh, we haven't built pyramids we've now built satellite systems massive computers um, uh, integrated intelligence market intelligence so if someone wants a piece of bread they will get their piece of bread um, with a minimum of cruelty and they will get it and they'll get more money and the world will be happier and they'll eat and they'll be able to go oh okay well I'll spend this time reading uh, a science textbook. So so the story is that cruelty's cruelty's had it. It's it's no longer a a viable option. Now uh, you tell that to a cruel person they will not understand it. You tell it to someone who isn't cruel, they'll say, well, of course, what's the alternative? Now, uh, the alternative actually, as far as I could see, uh, came to me a bit from um, building the robots that actually could bake the bread and respond. And your first sort of robot experiences or a steampunk system, where you've only got one thing in, in mind, and once things have to go up, someone has to press the button, and the uh, as the writers of Stark, the big block has to move, and dramatic happens, and it has to be really stop and cut. But as things come along, you have to start adding smarts. So, in a certain sense, the the silicon and computing that we have is really the humanity in you know, a computer program. Which is built from kindness. So if you had a robot and you built it to be cruel, people would just chuck it out. Fuck, it's fucked. It's just, it can't do anything useful. And indeed, when you actually look at the human endeavour, the role of a cruel person is extremely low value. They're in fact perhaps unnecessarily eating resources and breathing oxygen that other people could well do with. Um, and the fact that they don't understand that they're not worthwhile that's just bloody typical and the fact that they will respond by being cruel that's embarrassing but let's get back to back to it Uh, so I had some uh, developed robots and as you develop robots you realize that oh the key for this is to be smart so whatever the situation is they detect it and they work out And uh, I came up with this principle uh, called, for whatever the future may hold, I began to realizing, oh, that's actually marriage oaths. That is, uh, I am not deploying capability, I'm deploying flexibility and problem solving. And you sort of start to realise, oh, hang on, uh, uh, this type of thing is to step back from reality, calculate it in a space and work out how you can deploy your uh good to detect a sort of a communal spiritual good and go forward. I I'm not joking joking on this and, and I produce a lot of a lot of high value robots. It's interesting that it's rather it's the dead of winter and normally when I'm walking along this track you would hear at least a few lizards occasionally a snake or so but it's all, it's all bliss, bliss at this, this time there's a, a a new moon is that a new moon yeah there's a new moon a full moon uh, not a new moon uh, going through the clouds so when it pops through the clouds it illuminates the whole area around here it's great but it's still hard to actually necessarily see the track Uh, Tracking these regions. Uh, Okay so it's for whatever the future may hold now um, uh, it's essentially uh, when you're building smart robotics and smart electronics and smart programs you are putting uh, a vote of confidence in the future. If you want to sell that you have to actually communicate a narrative of the future. So where Uh, Someone is cruel, all they're showing you is their fist and if you don't obey them they'll break your face or that's one way of doing it but they're not the people who can actually put together a narrative and uh, actually populate the narrative with capital and equipment and technology and just make the whole thing hum. However, what I want to say is that love is in that, that region Whereas the computer scientists will actually uh, calculate things and they have to actually go back and based on management, if you've got uh, a group of people and uh, what they say is something is is basically, well, for whatever the future will hold, I will back you and I will uh, do my upburst to deploy all my problem solving capacity and my network and I will network our relationship into the future, and uh, we're going to develop a a narrative, and it's going to be a good one. A bit like Donald Trump, where it's it's big. I can tell you, I don't know what it is, but it's great, uh, and there is a certain a certain speaking to it. Now, um, that would be bad if the people you're speaking with weren't compatible and didn't have the capacity so this sort of thinking doesn't really work well it works well at a certain level to people who don't have capacity who are brutish, perhaps not Uh, the people who laugh at weakness and uh, they they feel strength through other people's weakness they're perhaps not the people you want to go but in this sort of idea uh, of love now the problem is that um uh, basically if you 're having a child, um, you don 't know what that child is you don 't know what the resources are going to be in the next three or four seasons and essentially, uh, having a, a, a kid um, is a vote you require a vote of con- of uh, a vote of confidence that uh, you will teach that kid to integrate with social. Be resourceful. and So you will love the kid. Introduce it to the concept of love. And, uh, and introduce its uh, positive thinking. Now, uh, one of the things is that um, one of the problems with uh, a uh, machine learning, as you, you come across it, uh, and uh, with uh, taking images of a situation, is that you need many... Many images of the situation and often uh, the art in precision robotics is uh, error correction that that is that you go in first be sensitive that something is wrong and you fix it and uh, this is a remarkable remarkable thing so I used to have stepper motors and feedback circuits and stepper motor uh, was uh, accurate say to 10 microns. 10 microns is nothing that's almost however the accuracy had to be in nanometers and what I did is introduce an error signal which corrected for it and eventually it would uh, use uh, the actual backlash going forward and backwards to pull it and stop it at just the right right position and so this idea of having many goes at a thing and observing from many different angles and uh, taking from things across now the problem is that if you have uh, cruelty reality is that cruelty reality is a very iterative thing you come in you're cruel you get your result whereas uh, your love is a more um, long-term flexible uh flexible thing it's a more vaulting uh, high order high order thing it's about building a narrative you're not getting objective and so it's more high-level operating ideas uh, and it's not iterative it's uh, strategic I think it might, might be the um, attributes to come across but what I want to, I want to say is that um, whereas humans can learn uh, cruelty they can learn it's pretty easy that person he's got a pay rise and on top of driving a car and he has actually humiliated screwed all the secretaries humiliated everybody bullied people on casinos bashed up uh, taxi drivers drunk heaps of beer and aren't they great that type of stuff, that, that's easy to learn. Um, uh, Love you can learn within a uh, a family, but you can easily unlearn it uh, in your work, your work, a professional situation. Now, we have another technique, which is cold hard science and analysis. That takes years of work, it requires mathematics and imagining, so you mathematically imagine something, is that if um there's someone who can uh, imagine being wealthy from the cars and the, the wealth and the power or there's someone who can look at an equation and see it operates here and see that equation project into the future so there's sort of a similarity a little bit between love and mathematics being able to uh project into the future. I hope this is going the right way. It's pretty hard to see in this sort of dark area. Oh, maybe a, a shorter walk shorter walk around here. It's actually very, very dark and scary in this section here. Okay so they're uh uh projecting into the future but you've got this uh unusual thing in that uh uh does um, how do you re-evaluate reality? Now, one of the things I wanted to, want to point out is that um, people who don't have any sleep okay, or eventually they go mad and then they have sensory overload and then they die. That's the process. If you sleep deprive someone, you can deprive them of food and of water but before they starve, they will die if they don't get to sleep. And what sleep does is it uh, reintroduces reality with constructs with it. You actually you dream and so you have these dreams and uh, this, uh, if you actually operated in real life the way you operated in a dream, people would say you are psychotic that is you don't have a good grip on reality uh, and they'd medicate you Uh, they'd either promote you as a manager, a visionary manager a religious leader or that piss you off you you invariably would start saying the wrong thing because the reality that we have in society is a normative reality that is um, uh, there's sort of like there's a scientific reality and it's a normative reality so scientific reality is stuff that you can measure with a ruler a laser beam uh, equipment papers as science reality there's a normative reality a normative reality maybe there's not global warming uh, the government is doing a good job preventing coronavirus it's not us we're not we're not following things that's we, we rely it's a lot of normative reality shape the normative reality you've got uh, heaps, heaps, and heaps of advertising. So advertising is a bit like a dream. We know it's not real, but it's a suggestive dream which we can relate to. So this uh, idea of um, slipping uh, away from reality, stepping back, letting it go a little bit wonky, and then coming back to it all the time, allows you to get a better grip on it and eventually process Uh, if you were awake all the time you just eventually would not be able to process it so it's a very necessary thing now getting back to it um, neural networks uh, uh, one of the things about neural networks you can build a imitation electronic brain and very early on in the 80s I realized that there's this unusual thing you had to do. You had to actually cut the stimulus, let the neural network, which is identifying postage stamps, faces, dream for a while, and it would start to reorder itself, cut synapses and stuff like that, and then uh, uh, learn it again. And also in artificial intelligence, uh, there's this thing called breaking, where... You feed it stimulus for a while, let it chog for a few times and then go again. Uh, so this is this process of moving back. Uh, uh, what happens is that uh, when you've got two people come together and they're in love, uh, that sort of love is normative. We say they're unrealistic, they're in love, so we've got a normative idea, space for them. And they can start to build a narrative into the future based on trust and stuff like that. And uh, there's all these hormones going around, which uh, are reward circuits. That if they say one person says something positive, you've got this reward circuitry going on, and they they go forward and they build uh, build this thing that. The thing, like all programming, if you uh, aren't aware to it, you can actually build in a fatal, fatal flaw. If you if you uh, say, oh, yeah, I want a bit of a reward here. I'm just going to trick that person by being a little bit dishonest here, do it across, and you you don't realise that that trick being put into there, being a little bit dishonest, is actually going to go into that system and emerge as a huge. You know suddenly you get your driverless car to crash into the bushes all of a sudden people scream and all that all that type of stuff so there's a whole lot of computer science which uh goes into the uh, uh the nature the nature of uh, of building love and stuff like that but the uh what's happening is is your pr- process circuit you you do get uh, you know this very strong reward signal necessary to continue to co-dream so if you if you like the uh the you've got cruelty which is one person uh putting you know pouring in fuel cruelty fuel to get one next step in something they don't know and they're going to be uh, looking over their shoulder because another cruel person can be cruel to them and their 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 life is a is basically a chicken in a in a hen picking water and uh, uh, they see future dreaming and narrative construction as a weakness an inefficiency uh, that will stop them getting to their goal of some pretty insignificant physical reward which they have been bullied about you know it 's actually got no intrinsic value it might be a car, maybe a TV maybe more money, it may be bragging rights, it may be a promotion or something like that uh, but then you 've got you got uh, this complex thing where uh, people are uh, uh, building a a relationship and they 're building a processing engine, a solution engine uh, where the effectiveness is being able to co-dream, so they will often be involved in what would seem as sort of frivolous um, programming behavior, where they play games or they they do romantic things together, and that romantic thing is learning uh, the capability, so they're actually becoming a co unit uh, to go for, go forward so they're uh, learning their way through this all the wind's actually building up so I don't know what that's going to do to the uh, to the microphone re- recording so you can see this um, uh, build up so you can see uh, what looks like a frivolous thing or an exchange of um, uh, I suppose you could say exchange of affection or support and trust actually starts to build the communication protocol such so you can actually communicate in a need of crisis or a need of sophisticated planning. You don't have to go cruelty, 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 smash, smash the table, I'll be really mean, you do as I say, blah, blah, blah. You can actually say, this is, w- this is what I think is important. Go compute it's sort of like a mutual computing thing and it's actually the basis of a uh, collective social you know computation that you can uh, uh, work out and it's often not very important uh, what the product is but the position that you're in when you achieve the product so uh, you can actually build a very good campfire uh, uh and get your your kill and something like that however uh if you to build it cooperatively you can build the campfire in the right position at the right time which then uh feeds the per- people which is the same adjective but has other higher level objectives of say building relationships and structures within society and uh, the people at the the happy campfire uh, uh, are more able to enjoy their food because they're more relaxed uh, involved in tasting it and uh, the entire exercise actually builds in to building the strength to go go forward Now uh, I I would say that uh, the uh, although we can uh, we do have we do have evidence of um, you know cruel systems like uh, the Henry Ford production line it was you know cruel in in certain aspects of it a lot of what we've built in society is built on the strength, the underlying strength, the uh, resilience of a, a, a non-cruel system to operate in and around and in spite of, of cruelty. And it seems to me that the actual uh, uh, people often get hung up that no one seems to understand. It's the problem is, if they're saying that, it probably means that they've uh, wound up Uh, with a heap of cruel people around them who don't understand and they have a huge investment in not understanding because they're out of date it's like uh, beta and VHS uh, uh, competition or vinyl versus CD versus MP3 uh, three players and uh, the interesting thing is that um, things slowly pivoting away from a cruelty based system now i'm going to finish this up soon i've got to talk a little bit um coming forward if we look at board games um like monopoly the classic monopoly is that uh there's no cooperation and uh, it is trying to extract as much capital for other p- other people, in time to build your hotels, to actually build up a system. And then those games are now replaced by cooperative games. That is, the players are in the system together, and uh, a system of a challenge is built up, and they have to cooperate by merging their powers together. So, so that um, that is that is changing to come across if you look at uh, the nature of uh, um, contestant games and things like that uh, there's a uh, idea of um, originally the idea of a cruelty the you are the weakest link and stuff like that and that has been replaced and there's obviously big brother and stuff like that very intention attention on that but then there are other aspects where um, uh, cooperation is cooperation support and positive messages are coming through. The reason is quite quite simple unfortunately that uh, uh, it is found that people when they see cruelty and competition and insecurity yes the one cruel person who controls the channel likes it and will watch it but they don't necessarily buy anything because of it okay. and the actual um uh people want to actually communicate to a demographic of kindness which is slowly emerging so uh, I, you know I, I think that's a uh, a definite uh, call for hope so if you you listen to uh, uh, I think it's the Australian voice or something like that people are now much more positive and supportive they will not tend to say say negative things now overall uh, the message that we learned at school is that the world's a much more divided violent place but um, a Swedish hands Olaf uh, is there in his, uh, I suppose, fact institute uh, pointing out that uh, the difference between rich and poor is shrinking the amount of uh, murder and uh, uh, hate in the world is coming down statistically looking across although uh, what happens to me is that I... uh, Go on this uh, podcast world tour, where I get country after country and read its uh, its story. And uh, uh, so, what normally happens is, uh, Mali, I want to read about Mali, just because I've seen it on the map. I want to to know about it. I find out that to them I also find out about people's attitudes to it one is I don't know anything about Mali therefore it's stupid or where you're reading it from well I'm actually reading it from Wikipedia to start off with it's a good but it's stupid dumb do you know anything about it? no but when you read about Mali uh, it has a problem of uh, 90% female genital genital mutilation so they've got a massive, massive problem. Problem there. You read about UAE. It's got a problem in that uh, they stone people for dancing and kissing, and they still have crucifixion on the books, even though they have a minister for tolerance, uh, and you've got all those things. Qatar problem. Four times as many men as women. In fact, there's a lot of places where they have press the cruelty button and killed yeah, basically killed killed women got rid of women and then they've got a really tough society they're there in pockets and uh, you can see the United States having got all melt out there however overall uh, say so particularly in Australia I think we are perhaps learning to be a bit more multicultural a bit, a bit kinder, and it's not something that you're going to see in government, or maybe not really running companies because they're still operating on, on essentially cruelty. If you if you want to see cruelty theatre, just go and watch Parliament. Now, the thing is that uh, Parliament and the way that corporate boardrooms come and certain sections of societies operate, they're now um, out of touch with uh, what is happening now. If we now ensure people have food, there's beautiful food, medical care, um, it is actually very hard to actually be sufficiently cruel to someone to kill them and that's essentially what essentially had to happen uh, once you've removed that I'm pretty sure that the actual tide will turn over time um, but it's one of these things uh, uh, the, uh, is it such that someone brought up in a cruelty framework will go to the grave cruel and never be able to break out of it Or is it someone who can have a sort of a Victor Hugo style epiphany when they're at a point and they have lived in a cruel system and cruelty is not shown to them that they can have a life-changing experience? I think in the novels they can, but I think um, uh, you require so much education, input and support to stem to uh, attenuate or colour or get people to question their involuntary uh, response to cruelty and excu- exclusion. It's such an easy, dumb lesson to learn. It's like thinking that um, you're on Earth and everything, your coordinates there, and you see the sun moving, an and you say, well, the sun is moving so easy, easy to come up with these, uh, <clears throat> uh, these ideas. So let's go in summary, so I'm coming home. You can see I'm going up the hill, so I'm puffing a little bit. And my microphone's picking up the cars and stuff like that as I get home. In summary, we've gone uh, for the nature of it. It's a love and cruelty story, asked by ask a friend. Um, and we've examined uh, why I'm doing the podcast to uh, improve my cognitive uh, function. So, sort putting of forward, you know, at the basic level of of clear speaking, but also uh, construction of thoughts, memory of thoughts. Add on to of that, uh, bushwalking or walking around. Um, there's there's that aspect um and then going into the actual basis of cruelty I think everyone understands what cruelty is and some of the ideas now there is actually strategies which you can use to um I can't go into it now but cruelty is fairly stock standard it's got these it's is like light infantry work There's not a lot of resources behind it, it's got weaknesses for it. You can hang back and basically knock off cruelty one step at a time. If you're trained, trained to do it. But we've got this general pecking order. The idea is that cruelty can be used at a time before technology is developed. When you needed labour, slavery. Cruelty is a method of enslaving people. Getting power, and it's got this sort of false feedback. It's got uh, behaviour modification of the person being cruel to. If they want to minimise the negativeness and behaviour mod- monitoring of the person who is cruel because they've been self-selected to get positive feedback from being cruel. It's got that, and. Uh, contrast to this you've got that the emerging story of technology is this cooperative uh, focus and refocus on reality to innovate uh, and in a certain sense that uh, love is a uh, a biological form of scientific induction and uh, it's a sort of a vote of confidence in the future that um, for whatever the future will hold i 'll back you i 've got your back, and uh, don't worry you'll be, you know, 'll be secure because um, the cavalry will always come and you'll be, you 'll know, be supported through and will be a winner uh, however let let 's make sure that we've resourced it planned it, rehearsed it, and, and every post's a winner and it's well coordinated. It's sort of like um, oh, this uh, story. I'll finish off with the story. So, so that's a, the, long, the long-term, view, long-term view of it. Uh, so it's an alternative way and uh, there's this biological positive reward mechanism. It's actually very rewarding for some reason biologically because it's an effective strategy you get positive hormones in because you can't actually you haven't really been to university to work out to love. this is a good strategy it's just this general thing it's a vote of confidence in the future hormones gets you the ultimate vote of confidence in the future is having a uh, kid well, now what I want to uh, say is cruelty versus love this uh, story we had Uh, in some sort of military training school we were uh, uh, looking at intelligence reports and on a particular day up to a particular point it was easy street um the uh uh, we could actually basically go everywhere we wanted avoid people because it was very obvious the patrols weren't challenged you know people we almost wave at the, the opposition shoulders and they wouldn't do it and we had sort of control of the whole area and uh, then at a certain date everything changed Um, patrols were threatened, we had no longer access to information the key information was being denied to us we couldn't get access to strategic points uh, and by and by we were losing control of the whole theatre. This is before conflict actually started up and uh, the question is what's happening and people said oh well they're um, the first thing is that they've got an agenda they're they're trying to to break through um, at certain points they've got a plan on and then at the end someone said and no offense to Italians they said oh I know the Italians have moved out and the Germans had moved in and uh, there was a sudden sudden realize that really important one is that we that's why everything you did had to be ultra ultra professional and on top as part of part of that um, uh, position across so if you can say um, cruelty is one way of doing things and love and cooperation is another uh, and it's going to be a far more effective way and it's a fun way and you can actually learn uh, by play and you're learning quite valuable lessons that you can trust people and you get your communication right so it's like running out uh, sort of I don't know painting the the shed blue or something like that on a, on a Thursday night having a bit of fun you know having a bit of cheese and biscuits as you do it in communication what you're learning is that uh, people have the systems to get things going they have communication doing this cooperation there's that high spirit morale which can then be going across to another action uh, that you have to go through thanks a lot for listening we'll see how long that went thank you another story comes to a close. It's been a pleasure sharing this moment in time with you. May you discover truly amazing things, understand them and tell others. Thanks for listening.